Hello, kings and queens and in-between, sinner saints, I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another trip down memory lane with Yes Jesus. That's right, I'm Daniel Francesi, and here's my bestie. Oh, I miss this, Azariah Southworth. Well, don't worry, Azzy, there's lots of messages here, because here at Yash Jesus, we believe... The message of God is best shared through a talking vegetable. Or apparently through your donut hole. Or any hole. As long as there's coffee. <laughs> um, sit down, enjoy some coffee and fellowship with us as we get ready for... Okay, let's pause for a moment because we need to remember the saint and ally Bishop John Shelby Spong, who died in September. Spong was the first U.S. bishop to ordain an openly gay man. He wrote many great books, including one titled, Why Christianity Must Change or Die. Now, he has made some wild, and dare I say some queer claims? We love it. Now, among those claims, the Virgin Mary was actually a sexually violated teen. Believable. Judas Iscariot might have been a fictional character created to justify anti-Semitism in the church. And my personal favorite, Paul was likely a repressed gay man. I like that one. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Listen to this quote from an interview in 2005. I really resent having the Christian faith being taken over by people who identify with hating gay people and abortion rights. The public face of Christianity is being shaped by Pope Benedict the 15th, 16th. <laughs> it was in Roman numeral numbers, and I just wasn't sure. It took me a moment. Uh, Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell, those three people, he uh, Spong was saying, were, were really shaping modern-day yeah. Christianity. Well, Spong was true. born in Charlotte, North Carolina, to evangelical Christian parents. His father died young, and his mother was so strict that she forbade singing hymns. <laughs> What's that? Like, no rejoicing whatsoever. He later rebelled against the rigid and racially segregated church in which he was raised. Wow, I understand rock music, but hymns, that's about as... I mean, that's like... <laughs> Jesus, that's Jesus music. That's Jesus' footloose <laughs> right. episode. Yeah. Right. No, and here's why he really started stepping out as an ally. In 1989, Spong ordained Robert Williams, an openly gay man, in an elaborate, of course, high-profile ceremony in All Saints Episcopal Church in Hoboken, New Jersey, and then immediately installed Williams as head of a ministry to gay and lesbian people in 1989. Wow. He was a badass and a radical. God we, bless his soul. Yes, honestly. Bless you, Spong. Now, everyone, this comes to the point of... Uh, of our show where we do our praise report and our prayer request. This is where if you have a little something extra that you want to hallelujah about, let us know and uh, we'll help amplify your voice here on this section. But also if you have a prayer request, uh, let us know and we'll add it to our prayer list. And so we're our listeners uh, here. We have a praise report starting with a praise report. And this comes from Alex. Alex says, Hello, how's it going? Um, hopefully blessed, and my name is Alex. I am a fifth-year senior at Malone University in Canton, Ohio, right by Walsh University mm. in North Canton, Ohio. I was encouraged to reach out by the podcast regarding a story with similarities to Walsh um, at my school who is their rival. My university is Malone, an evangelical friend, Ooh. Quaker University, right. and we have rules like no drinking and visitation, among other rules. We are also only about 7% friends, students, last I heard. So friends is the Quakers. Oh, I that's see. What they, that's how they refer to their denomination. So 7% friends is like, so anyone who isn't a Quaker. 
Right. As a there's only seven percent of Quaker. There's a seven, so he's saying that there's only seven percent people that aren't Quaker in the school. However, we also have rules regarding LGBTQ plus students and staff at our school. The staff faculty have to be celibate, unmarried, etc. If they're LGBTQ plus, and yesterday. A professor of eight years resigned. Wow. She did so because she wants to be able to be married to another woman, which many at the university don't support, and she isn't the first. She is only one of the professors in charge of a rare major related to zoology. Hmm. Anyway, she's been one of the key factors in zoo and wildlife being our second biggest major at Malone after nursing. She's helped plenty of students become affirming and people with coming out. And when the professor announced she was willingly leaving peacefully due to her contract, many students, including myself, tried to respect her privacy while speaking out against Malone's actions, including planning a protest. Mm -hmm. While publishing results of my LGBTQIA plus survey, talking to to students in the community and so much more sincerely alex p.s god bless your work and the podcast it's amazing what's being done over there p p.s <laughs> i felt impacted by the pray away film and i'm so mm. glad that it exists um mm -hmm. wow uh well thank you so much for sharing that it is definitely your praise report that we are seeing voices on campuses like malone mm -hmm. i know um for those of our listeners who've been following the walsh university story Dr. Tim Collins of Walsh University recently released a statement uh, perfectly with a perched rainbow cross right behind him saying that he's going to try to open up dialogues. It's a, a lot of statements about eventually having a statement. Um, but, you know, it's us. It's people like us and people like you, um, Alex, who are keep holding these schools accountable. And we that's all we can do is keep bringing attention and light into this dark area. And hopefully um, we can make Musa mountains. And this seems like at least you got some stuff done there. Yeah. One thing, I don't know a lot about Quakers, but one tradition that I'm aware that they practice is leaving room for the Holy Spirit to talk. And so they will, in their services, they'll be quiet. And then if someone feels urged by the Holy Spirit to speak, they will stand up and speak. And they put a lot of emphasis on, you know, um, accountability and being mm. honest, right? And so I think... Alex, use that tradition, like use that, allow that moment for God to speak through you to, to your fellow friends, to your fellow Quakers that, hey, this is not the path. This is not the journey that God wants for us. It's definitely a difficult thing to speak out, but, you know, just raise your voice and God will yeah. give you the words and yeah. the things to say. Uh, and we have a prayer request, Azzy. Let's go to our prayer request. Yes, this comes from Esther, just like the Esther from our coming out episode. She's a coming out queen. So Esther says, hi, Danny and Azariah. This is Esther. I've been listening to your show for a few months and it's really helped me. I love your playfulness and also your genuine love for Jesus. I came out last weekend after a year of being in the closet after coming out fully to myself as a transgender woman. I have been a Seventh-day Adventist pastor for 16 years. Wow master's degree from Fuller Seminary, the whole works. Oh, yes, you did, honey. Yes, queer excellence. <laughs> Truly. But my denomin denomination is decidedly not affirming of LGBTQ people, particularly when it comes to any form of employment. And so in the process of coming out, I also lost my career. I'm in good spirits. My family is staying together. I am back in school full-time to become a therapist, and I'm studying on a very affirming campus. Good. And when I came out on social media, a great many people in my life were supportive. Congratulations. I wrote a blog about my experience at, on, at my website, 
And we're going to share that link in the show notes. So anyone who's listening, we have that link for you if you want to read it. And uh, she goes on to say, I would greatly appreciate your prayers and any support you might be willing to offer. I live in Southern California in the greater Los Angeles region, and I'm eagerly looking forward to beginning my therapy practice. Prayers for a good match would be much appreciated. A few people have donated to a GoFundMe that will be used for insurance premiums while I'm unemployed before I'm out of school. I also wrote a book about keeping secrets, which is obviously significant life experience that I have something to say about. Yes, relatable. Picking up a copy and leaving a review would be super helpful. You Are you listening? Yes, Jesuits. Anyways, thanks again for your wonderful show. You two are doing the Lord's work, and I'm grateful for it. Esther, honey. Esther, we are adding you to our prayers. Um, There's a lot of praise in here, too, along along with prayer requests. Um, Not a lot of people are met with open arms when they're able to come out and have an affirming thing. Um, There's a lot of things to be gratitude in here. I think, you know, definitely... uh, you seem grateful. Definitely, like uh, getting the fastest way to get something you want is to be grateful for what you have, and it looks like you have a lot of supportive, loving people in your life, including us. And yeah, we're so happy to have you. And for those who may not know how to make their way to the show notes, you can go to Chris. That's K R I S. Lowen, L-O-E-W-E-N.com for that blog post. Yes, and I want to say to you um, also, uh, Esther, the. Um, I saw a meme the other day uh, that I'm going to describe to you, <laughs> but I saw a meme the other day that sometimes said, um, and I'm going to also make it be more applicable to you, but it said sometimes living like an authentic life and, and, and having a healthy life looks like this. And it was just like a cot in a room with a TV, <laughs> yeah. you know, you may have lost your career and like, but sometimes starting over it, it is the most peaceful, happy place that you could be when you are, uh, a transitioning or to, for, even to a job or to something new. So this is a new chapter of your life and we are so here for it. So God bless you, Esther. Um, we're going to be right back, everybody. We're going to take a little break. We'll right back, be right back with the scripture of the day. Hey, Yes Jesuits, we love bringing church to you on our podcast every week. But if you want to go to a church that's a little more mega, then we've got the mega church for you. Mega is a hilarious satire set inside a fictional mega church. It pulls back the sequin curtain on the behind the scenes at a mega church. Each week, hosts Holly Lawrence and Greg Hess invite a special guest comedian on to be one of the members of the church. Now, if The Office gave you an inside look at office politics, Mega will take a closer examination of the creation of the Jesus Java and the Virgin Mary Macchiato at the coffee bar in the vestibule. It's a lobby. <laughs> Mega is going to make you laugh through your next small group Bible study with a senior associate pastor for innovation and spirit fellowship. Mega was named one of Guardian's best comedy podcasts of 2020 and best satire on Vulture's year-end podcast roundup. It's hilarious. One of my favorite episodes is the one where Christina Anthony, a friend of ours, you have to check it out. Don't you love it, Azzy? Oh my God, it cracks me up every time I listen. So subscribe to Mega on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now it's time for the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Soul food. That's right. It's a scripture of the day. Um, as you tell us what it is. First Corinthians three eighteen. Do not deceive yourselves. If you think that you are wise in this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. 
Don't be lying to yourself, okay? If you think you're so smart, then be a dummy so you can become smart. That's, I think it's that's whole, been my process. Because if you're too smart, you know, that's like if you're perfect, you don't need God. If you got everything figured out, then you should be stupid so you can figure some more stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, people think that they're so smart. <laughs> Speaking of people who think they're so smart, Christian media. That's what we're talking about today. <laughs> yes, Jesus <laughs> is in the tradition of Christian media. We're currently not the first, and I'm quite sure we won't be the last bit mm-hmm. of Christian media. No, uh, we've talked about it before. PTL, Praise the Lord, hosted by Jim and St. Tammy Faye Baker. And we've also talked about our St. Tammy Faye, but that's okay because she is a true queer saint icon. But PTL was groundbreaking, and it really was the first time that television was used as a tool for ministry. It really opened the floodgates for television being used to package a Christian message. And we've talked about Pat Robertson and CBN, which became Fox Family, and then Mm. the Family Channel, and then ABC Family, and then Disney Family, and now Freeform. Mm-hmm. but still runs episode of the 700 club until Jesus himself returns. Honestly, it's in the contract, um, <laughs> but there's more and so much more. Okay. Azariah, I know you grew up in the most Christian household ever, and we all know you're the biggest Christian music nerd ever. <laughs> so tell me, uh, what shows did you grow up watching? <laughs> Where do you want to start? Um, okay. This is the throwback fire by night. Was one. That's okay. a throwback. Fire. Most of these fire by night sound like X-rated movies. <laughs> like. <laughs> well, fire by night was what led the. Uh, um, I think it was Moses and and the Israelites right. through the desert, right? But also, so, it could be a <clears throat> X-rated movie. <laughs> the, the title. Alone. I'd watch it. But the one Christian movie that I made, um, Hometown Legend. Uh, the original title was American Leather. <laughs> Sometimes there's some crossover there. <laughs> but also the Gospel Bill show is another good one. Right. Um, I watched that too when I was a kid. Salty. I never saw it, but I'm well aware of it. But a lot of people did watch that. Veggie Tales was a little bit after me. Well, um, first let's talk about Davy and Goliath. Oh, Davy and Goliath. Let yes, me tell you, like, love I loved that as a kid. Hello, Davy. <laughs> Hello, Israel. Are you getting the chance? Hi, Goliath. You feel like you're meeting him? It's yes. me, your childhood hero, Izzy. Oh, my God. Praise God. I actually got a dog that looked just like sure you did. Goliath. I did. <laughs> so did. if you don't know David and Goliath, let's tell, let's tell the listeners a little about David and Goliath. It was Christian claymation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was created by the Lutheran Church. And it was pretty generically Christian. It was kind of like Gumby for Christians. It's like, you know, the mm-hmm. original Gumby like was so popular at that time that they were like, let's make a Christian version sort of thing. Yeah, this, this was during like the 60s and 70s okay. uh, that this was created. So um, I mean, I clearly watched it in reruns and when I was a child in the early noughties. <laughs> but uh, it, even though it was generically Christian, um, you did hear a little bit of a, a mighty fortress is our God during the credits of Davy and Goliath. Okay. So All right. That's the moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main characters were Davy. He's just your average boy. And it's talking dog, you know, like a pretty normal, like son of Sam thing named Goliath. <laughs> Although, you know, Davy and the audience, Davy and the audience, um, 
were the only people who ever heard Goliath talking. Like it was, you know, not everyone in the family could hear Goliath, could, could hear the dog. True. Talking. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the special boy. Uh, but pretty much every situation involved Davy and Goliath finding themselves in situations where they needed to be, to place their faith in God. So it was a lot of morality lessons, sharing, obeying authority figures, Things like that. But later, they started dealing with even more real issues like racism, death, and religious intolerance and vandalism. I'm going to assume there was no gay stuff. Not as far as we can tell. But even though Davy and Goliath ran largely in the 60s and 70s, they made a brief comeback in the 2000s. In 2001, Davy and Goliath appeared in a commercial to sell... Mountain Dew. That's right. The That's royalties, how nostalgic it was. <laughs> the royalties from the Mountain Dew commercial were used to fund a new 2004 Christmas special episode titled Davy and Goliath Snowboard Christmas, which was all about religious and racial diversity. I remember seeing those commercials and I was like, oh my God, they they know me. I'm drinking Mountain Dew now. Um, but Davy and Goliath started to see diversity in the world. And I bet there could be a 2021 uh, version where Davy comes out, maybe. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen the Adult Swim Moral Oral. Yes. Thumbs up if you yes. have or not, Ross. Yes. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Have you ever seen it? Okay, so more, some more. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Deacon, Deacon Rossbury has not. Wow. You're going to have to check it out. It's on Adult Swim, and it's basically so the same thing. Yes. It looks just like Davy and Goliath. Um, yes. except uh, Goliath is, it's basically son of Sam. Goliath possessed by the devil and speaks only to moral. <laughs> and it's like, he's just like, makes him do evil things. Like, you know, and he constantly has like spinny eyes and like he's frothing at the mouth with rabies. <laughs> like it's, it's worth a gander. I mean, when I, before I understood how to find humor in, in blasphemous type things. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we, we had an episode where we talked about, uh, you know, does, does God think jokes are funny or whatever? Like, it's kind of like I, before I had that come to Jesus moment where I realized God invented comedy. It's a release. It's okay. We could laugh at things. I used to hate that show. It made me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but um, those of you who think you can tolerate it, uh, definitely check out moral oral on adult <laughs> swim. Uh, what else do we have? Okay. I want to talk about the Gospel Bill show. Yes, you definitely do. <laughs> because this was another Christian values show, and it was set in a fictional Western town of Dry Gulch. Right, and dry. Gulch is a euphemism for vagina. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gulch, Gulch is the. It was why was it a Dry Gulch? Because alcohol was banned. Uh, obviously, of course. No alcohol. What, ever, why are all these places set in Footloose Town? <laughs> what sort of place was this? So Gospel Bill was the sheriff of Dra Gilch. Mm -hmm. And he was both law enforcement of the town mm -hmm. and a moral guidance counselor mm -hmm. to the citizens. Of, he was like the Pope of Dry Gulch. Um, he was the one who either provided moral guidance or averting some major crime or catastrophe. And probably both at once. I loved me some Gospel Bill every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on Channel 63, W-I-N-M. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's so telling. Every <laughs> week we learn more about you, Ezzy. <laughs> but uh, Sheriff's Bill, Deputy Nicodemus, mm -hmm. holy cow. He was my first daddy crush. You like Nicodemus? Oh my God! Did I? I didn't like Nicodemus. I wanted Nicodemus. Like I he loved Jesus. He, he carries a gun. He wore leather. I mean, <laughs> he had a beard. It was everything that I wanted in a well, man. Tell me about Nicodemus. <laughs> well, Nicodemus was Nic Nicodemus. Nicodemus was once a drunk, 
of ill repute who was sobered up by Bill and reaffirmed as a born-again Christian. Won't we do it? And Nicodemus is easily swayed by various shysters, but Gospel Bill always brings him back to the straight and narrow. And Nicodemus was played by Ken Blount, who also often appeared in music videos during the show. He was a multifaceted performer. Mm -hmm. And can I just tell you, I met him one time because... <laughs> You're literally blushing and glowing right now. <laughs> my, my, so my sister lived in Oklahoma, and Gospel Bill was a pastor of a real church in Oklahoma City or something like that. Mm -hmm. And Dry Gulch is a real place that the church owns that you can go to and... And like, not drink. You can go hang out and not drink. Yeah. And, and so Nicodemus was giving like the train ride or something at Dry Gulch. How many jobs do these people have? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like mind-blowing for me that's weird that's like going to universal and then like batman actually being batman like when you get there like it's like not mm -hmm. you know well, well okay i ran into him in the restroom and he tapped his foot but nothing happened lies <laughs> you lie. don't put the lie the devil on him uh <laughs> honestly i wouldn't put it past him because some of these shows are just bizarre but they're designed for kids so maybe that's just normal i mean I was watching P.B. Herman, so please. We have a long-running show starring a yellow sponge and a starfish, too. It's not even about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Here's one of those instances of a cringy ministry. Rob Evans was a Christian singer known as the Donut Man, and he was constantly singing about his hole. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Donuts and holes, you got my attention. Now, it, now that you have my attention, what about the Donut Man's hole? So he is called the Donut Man because one of his first songs included this line. Life without Jesus is like a donut. There's a hole in the middle of your heart. Oh, okay. So the hole's in the donut. All right. I'm all right. That's the hole we're talking about. A donut <laughs> hole. Not any other kind of hole. Just being clear here. It's a donut hole. <laughs> yes. The Donut Man had a sidekick, which was an actual donut. And Duncan the Donut was a foam donut puppet. Now, if the donut was alive, was the donut's hole a hole? No, okay. Uh, so is it, <laughs> as, as if the donut hole wasn't disturbing enough for a dude whose sidekick was a donut. Uh, Rob Evans sure did eat a lot of his friends in front of Duncan the Donut. He ate a bunch of donuts in front of a live donut. He was rude. That's just not kind. That's not Christ-like. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. Was it filled with jelly? <laughs> Was it cream-filled Long John? <laughs> um, so we also got to talk about another one that a lot of our listeners are going to recognize, Adventures in Odyssey. Do you remember this one, Danny? I do not. I know a little bit about it from, re from research, but I do, I do not remember this. Okay. This is out of my wheelhouse. So this was produced by uh, James Dobson and his oh, I know James Dobson. mega media Whatever. focus on the family yeah, right right focus on your own family honey and <laughs> how about you focus on your own family? come on but uh but yeah uh adventures and odyssey was this radio program that broadcasts on all the christian radio stations back in the day and they would go into like bible stories and there was characters and it was like a whole nother world with it was it was truly a captivating radio program that did very well um but it was yeah, it was drama. It was like a podcast. An audio drama. Podcasts. Like, yes. once again, about a small town, though. Like, mm -hmm. um, this time it was called Odyssey. Small town called Odyssey. Once again, there was an old white grandfatherly <laughs> figure who was here to give you some moral advice through all the zany antics of the town. 
Yeah, and since it was created by Focus on the Family, Focus on your own family, for real, it was a mighty anti-LGBTQ and probably pretty nerdy and preachy too. It was. It Apparently, was. Avengers and Odyssey did a series called "The Ties That Bind." against lgbtq people but it was really coded and confusing not surprising because the show's aimed at kids but there's some anti-transgender stuff and then they but then they turn it around and talk about diversity and tolerance it's just you know Mm -hmm. too much too little too late Mm -hmm. but then one of the cast members came out stop it one of the cast members of of the adventures in odyssey she wasn't just a cast member she was the daughter of one of the executive producers (sighs) and focus on the family executives her name is amber cantorna scandaloso Mm -hmm. so she voiced brooke myers and a few other minor characters she's now married to a woman and is estranged from her family uh even though all of that, she continues to identify as Christian, says she has fond memories of working on Adventures in Odyssey. Oh my gosh! Where is Amber today? Do you guys know Amber? Are you a Yash Jesus listener? We need you on the show to spill a little Odyssey tea. Yeah, and come on and do some voices for us. <laughs> Definitely. Do you know one other thing that I did? I had a video game that was like a Christian video game. Mm-hmm. And I got it inside the uh, bookstore at my church, and it was from the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES, original NES. And the, uh, it looked like a lot like Zelda, and it was really fun. And the object was to go around to all these possessed people and save their souls and collect the armor of God. I, re- I, I played that. It was My fun. brother-in-law, who I – my ex-brother-in-law, thankfully uh, – <laughs> Showed me that video game. He was a huge. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do that. You know what I did? Uh, um, I didn't beat it, but um, I also love salty. Do you remember salty? Like puss salty, like as in like I a pterodactyl or a pseudonym. Like a puss salty is like uh, with a P in the front is the singing songbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I bet salty could get a little salty. <laughs> salty is a blue songbook, right? Yes, for kids, and he talks and sings. Mostly to tell kids about how much God loves them. And he makes a point of saying, God loves you too. I have to tell you, this is like kind of morbid, but you know the building in Miami that just, that that tragedy that happened? Yes, yeah. So one of the reasons, and this is true, but one of the reasons that I've never wanted to live on beach property Mm -hmm. is because of Salty. Really? Because Salty has a song where he says, uh, (laughs) um, don't build your house on the sandy land. Don't build it too near the shore because it might be kind of nice, but you'd have to build it twice. So you better build your house once more. And, I, and it was it was a metaphor for like uh, having a strong foundation in right, God. Right. But I always took it so literal. And I was always like, it's going to if I live on the beach, I'm going to have to. God warned me in the salty song. And then when that tragedy happened, I was all I could think about was salty. salty it's funny how that this. stuff earworms into your head and mm-hmm. affects you. Well, thank you, Salty, for, for saving my life and not making me live on the beach. But you can still find Salty at Salty.com, where he's selling CDs, DVDs, performance tracks, sheet music, all giving praise to God. <laughs> oh, wow. Ernie Rotino, the guy behind Salty, will dress up as a singing songbook, wearing blue tights and oversized blue book costume with blue makeup all over his face. And I am terrified all over again. I can't unsee that. He will haunt my dreams. We need to share that on our social media. Be looking for that link in the show notes. Uh, check it out at salty.com. That's p-salty.com. Look, we can't end our trip down Christian Media memory lane, memory lane without saving a little time for VeggieTales. Oh, where is my joint? Oh, where? <laughs> I like VeggieTales. Even our um, Yashi's a sticker. We are our own version of the VeggieTales. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's tell everyone a little bit about VeggieTales. Which you can get 
that sticker at yesjesuspod.com. Um, but yeah, so VeggieTales, like if, if people listening don't know what it is, it was a 30-minute video featuring talking, singing, wise cracking vegetables made with glorious 90s CGE technology. <laughs> so the hosts were Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber, my favorite. Yeah, Larry the Cucumber is kind of a dick, right? <laughs> yes, and we love Larry. Well, Bob was an anxiety-filled control freak. That, I, that does not, I can't relate. Um, so I think, I think they balanced each other out. I could have had a podcast. Interesting. Uh, the rest of the main cast included a family of asparagi and a bunch of gourds. With Jersey accents and a French blueberry, which isn't even a vegetable, you guys. A carrot and some French peas, which sound a lot like the Castle Guards in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. The show has some made-up, hilarious songs, and they had a recurring segment called Silly Songs with Larry that had nothing to do with the plot of the Bible. And the songs are super catchy, super catchy. and popular. I was walking through an airport in Europe, and I heard a kid singing something, that, and I was like, Whatever he's singing, why don't I know what that is? It sounds delightful. Mm -hmm. And I remembered the lyric and I looked it up and it was Veggie Tales. <laughs> <laughs> our, our producer, Jessica, was telling us a story about how there was a song that kids were singing that got banned by Veggie Tales because it was like how they were, it was like, I love my rabbit, but I don't love my parents or something like that. And it's something to look up if, you, if you're interested I mean, in listening. There, there is, sometimes if you get a catchy song, it could definitely backfire. Once they wanted to do a show about um, idolatry, so they made up a song to worship a chocolate bunny. <laughs> is that the one? This, <laughs> this, this is actually the story oh, of Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego, my story, oh, okay. in the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, the Azariah story. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, but they made the song too catchy, and kids kept singing it. So eventually they changed it to suck. What? So um, they made it to suck because it was like suck too what? catchy. Well, what do you want? Well, they made the song suck? Yeah, because it was too catchy. And so they, they were like talking work. about disobedience to parents. Like, oh, like, 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 it was like, I love my bunny more than I love my parents. Because oh, like in, the kid in, was doing something bad and then they were saying bad things. Like, right, oh, and, that's Because the, the story is that they have to bow down to the bunny, right? They have to love the bunny. They have to serve the bunny. Love that bunny. Right. And so the song is something about serving, loving the bunny only and not their parents. So, and, and then they were reprimanded in the show, probably, right. but like in real life, they stuck to the yeah, bad their part. Kids are listening to this <laughs> and they're actually going to rebel against their parents. It's like Peppa Pig, you guys. I didn't know this, but like yeah. my friend had a, like, a, well, he's older now, but he was three at the time. And she's like, he loves, uh, she has a son and she's like, he loves everything but Peppa Pig. And that made me crack, crack up that like a three year old had like an opinion, like almost like, you know, I figure if it's a cartoon, just watch it. Like, you know, like, but they, uh, he, you know, he actually really didn't like it. And so I started asking questions and going around and asking people about it. And a lot of people had problems with Peppa Pig because she's rude. Mm -hmm. She'll like hang she the phone is. up on people or be rude. And it was causing kids to have rude behavior, which I found hysterical. Well, and you love my, her all the more. My baby nephews, they love Peppa the Pig. And they do emulate the behavior of Peppa the Pig. Like my nephew, when he gets pouty and doesn't get his way, he starts stomping like Peppa the Pig does. It's Okay. See, like they're teaching bad behaviors. Okay. So, but this is what I want to ask. This is a question. Okay. So we're, we're still talking about uh, the chocolate bunny and the veggie tails and all this other stuff. My question is, it's the same as the Mr. Donut question. What do veggie tails eat? Each other? Meat. They eat meat? Yes. So all veggie tails are carnivores? Do they really? Yes. Like at satyrs? <laughs> I don't know. Like, what are they doing? In the show, I actually don't know what they eat. 
They, right. You know, maybe they're on the same diet as that televangelist woman who just believed that dieting on the word of God, like meditate on the word of God when you feel hungry and therefore that's your diet. Do you, did was, you hear about this? No, but there was a Christian diet that I, that I, that I was told to try when I was a chubby teen, uh-huh. a very unhealthy thing to be told, but I was told right before I'm about to eat something, just hear Jesus saying, don't do it. <laughs> like, anytime I'm about to eat a snack, hear Jesus go, about masturbation. don't eat that fatty. <laughs> Just like right before every ice cream. Do you really need the calories, my son? <laughs> like that's that's the idea. Like talk about Weight Watchers. Yeah, honestly. That's, like, a, that's, that's really scary. Yeah, that was kind of the same mentality of this this televangelist woman um, who, who had her own. She sold this diet. She had a whole. I feel like thing. there's going to be some kind of like weird black mirror or something that we're going to see in the future. That's going to have veggie tails eating each other. Some cannibalistic veggie tail. Let's make it. We'll, we'll see something happen. You know, um, or maybe, who knows, maybe in some future Christian media TikTok conglomerate is going to be doing a similar episode and they're going to talk about us. Everything that we do, what are they going to say oh, about us? God. That we were queer and Christian before it was cool? <laughs> that we were sex positive and You're body positive? Welcome. That we always affirmed God's love and grace and yeah, spoke up to on. anyone who tried to deny God's love? That's the Try, come for us. Come for us. Um, I, please don't. No, don't. Yeah, really don't. Um, (laughs) However, if I was an animated pizza pizza, I would eat myself. Okay. You guys, thank you for your tithe, love offering, charity, act of good for this week's Do Something Good. We want to ask you to share a fun video or clip with someone you love. Something that will brighten their day. It doesn't even matter. Just pass on a meme. Look, I know you love it when one of your friends sends you something and it's like it made me think of you. So take a trip down Nostalgia Lane and let your loved one know that you're thinking about them. And while you're at it, send it to us. Yeah, we want to see too. Yes, we want to know what's on your TikTok. We want to know all of the things that you like to watch. All of them. All of them. You guys, we have a song of praise this week. We have another queer Christian song submission, which seems totally appropriate for an episode on nostalgic Christian media. So, Dana Lee sent us a song titled, Where is the Love? It's about being a queer Christian and the turmoil many of us go through. You can find links to the song and to Dana Lee's social media in our own show notes. So be sure to give them a listen and a follow. We're going to close out with that song. And if you have a queer Christian musician in your life that you want to let us know about, or if you play songs and it's one of your songs, send us an email. Tell us about it at contact at yashjesuspod.com. You guys, thank you so much for joining us. Let us know all of your Christian media things. We're going to close out in a prayer. So please, we ask you to bow your heads if you can, unless you're driving. Don't do that. Jesus can't actually take the wheel. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> you ready, Ezzy? I'm ready. Oh, God, thank you so much for bringing us all together here on Yes, Jesus. We are so absolutely grateful for this fellowship each and every week that we're able to get together with our communities. God, there's so much media and so many messages out there. Some media is great. Some media is total crap. But please... Let us be the one that constantly shares your message of love, grace, and acceptance. When we get a reverent, please laugh at our jokes. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Please. When we do skits, let it carry your gospel to the people. It's just a spoonful of sugar. When we talk about our personal lives, let it be edifying and instructive for others. God, Mm. we'd like to also pray for Esther. Please have a good match for her therapy practice. Find a place that welcomes and accepts Esther and sharpens her skills so she could be an amazing and incredible helper to others in your name. Yes, and we give you thanks for allies like your servant, John Shelby Spong, who was deconstructing the toxicity of the church long before it was cool. 
And thank you, God, for Alex and the students at Malone University. We pray for the teacher who is feeling the pressure to step down and for the students who are rallying around her. We will always continue to pray for Walsh and all the other students out there that are facing any kind of discrimination in your name, God. Love is love. And we thank you, God, for sharing that with us. We thank you for Dana Lee and her gift of song. Amen. Amen. Oh, enjoy this song. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us at social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at YashJesusPod.com. If you'd like, if you like this show, rate us, please, or consider becoming a monthly sponsor. You can find the link to do so in the show notes. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review or share with a friend. Doing helps. So just really helps us reach new people and keep this show running. Hey, sweetie, you can now leave an audio prayer request or a praise report on our website, yasjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. That's right. Send us your praise reports, your praise requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just a, hey, remember that show? Uh, on the God Wants You to Send Me Money channel, <laughs> number 687. We'd love to hear from you. Fuck you. <laughs> yes, Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Franzese, and Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking deacon, Ross Murray and Meredith Pauly. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Sam Isfen. Yes, Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bustillos, and Steve Michaels. Um, we are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. And God loves you just as you are. Be praising the Lord, y'all.
Nothing separates you from the love of 